Why don't we uh, go ahead and open up in prayer and let's go from there. Sure. So, uh, dear Lord, just uh, thank you for another week. Thank you for another opportunity to uh, get to know you more, get to experience life, to get things that we need to get done. And um, Father, just thank you for the men in this room. Thank you for allowing us to uh, all be here and uh, just pray for uh, your words to be spoken through us, through me, and, and through your word, Lord, that uh, it's not about me, but instead it's all about uh, you. And uh, Father, I just ask that you will, uh, <coughs> I just ask that you will um, speak to us in ways that only you know how to speak to us and help us to become the men that uh, you've created and the men that you've uh, called us to be. And um, Father, I just uh, I thank you so much for uh, giving us a place to meet and living in a country that uh, for now accepts us uh, being able to just freely uh, and openly meet and talk about you and uh, love on you and father just uh, pray for our brothers and sisters that are in uh, other countries that are being persecuted and being uh, beaten and and uh, harmed for your name's sake lord and uh, just pray that you will bless them and you give them the peace that only you can give lord and all the chaos and all the destruction and uh, father help us to never take for granted what we have and and to take our blessings and build ourselves up in a way that we're not uh, being selfish, but instead we're building ourselves up so that we can be an effective instrument in the kingdom, Lord, that will then go and build more of the kingdom elsewhere, uh, wherever it is that we end up going. And so, um, Father, just thank you, and uh, yeah, just pray that we have a good time. In your name, amen. All right, Acts 4. You're a witness to this. I just got a text message from Tyler saying, okay, let's do this. There will be a mandatory call today at 3 p.m. Okay, never mind. Everyone's like, what the heck? Okay, just making sure. Um, okay. So, as we were reading um, last time in Acts 3... Uh, Peter and John went and healed this this lame guy that was uh, probably born with bowed legs or I don't know deformed some kind of deformity maybe I don't know doesn't go into great detail but um, we just know he couldn't walk for pretty much his whole life um, and ends up um, getting healed you know they heal him and then they they all go into the temple and then. Uh, they see this miracle that happens. They see that this guy is now walking. You know, he was, nobody can dispute the fact that like before this, he was unable to walk and everybody knew him as the beggar. And now he's able to walk and he's excited and happy. And then like <coughs> they come in and then they start pre um, preaching and prophesying over people. And um, so, uh, We, we basically come into that context of this is what was going on in the, in the chapter 4 here 
Um, and it says here in, in verse 1, it says, As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the Bible and proclaiming Jesus uh, in Jesus the resurrection, sorry, in Jesus and the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, uh, for it was already evening. But many of you, uh, but many of those who had already heard the message believed, and the number of men came to be about five thousand. Um, so it already grew. So there's already the day of Pentecost, but then this is like you know a day or two after, is they've been preaching you know to thousands of people apparently, and says it came to five thousand that day. You know, and by this time, the priests and everybody are like, what's going on? Like they, we keep hearing about Jesus, you know, being resurrected and all this. So. This is probably, what, five days after they crucified Jesus, you know, uh, five or six days after. And uh, um, again, remember, the way this is written is written from the historian's perspective, you know, from, um, uh, what's his name again? Let's see, uh, Theopolis, that's right. Uh, Theopolis is the, the one that's writing Acts, and he's, he's like I said, a very meticulous in getting an accurate understanding of what actually happened and transpired so he gets multiple witness accounts get multiple perspectives and so the way he's writing you can see um, there's a lot of assumption or there's a lot of uh, declarative um, uh, statements that he makes when he's describing what happened or what what's going on um, that kind of gives a little bit more context of, of uh, um, what actually happened because he's spoken to you know well over 500 different people just to get the different accounts of what we're reading um, so when he says things like uh, and they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day for the for it was already evening so they heard from multiple people I, I'm sure they were preaching or whatever and, and all these big Jewish leaders were like hey you know t told the guards basically the police to go and arrest these guys and like um, you know, it's already late. It's probably get, you know eight or nine p.m. It's probably dark. They're out there preaching, and and they're like, "Well, we'll just deal with it in the morning." Um, so then, in verse four, it says, "But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of men came to be about five thousand. Again, that's not something that like you would know until after the fact. You know, like you just you couldn't guess the number." on the fly or like you know or or it would be very assumed like well we assume it was about 5,000 it's like well no it was like it was about 5,000 like yeah um, on the next day their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem and Annas the high priest was there <coughs> and Cephas and John and Alexander and all who were of high priestly descent when uh, when they had placed them in the Center, they began to inquire, By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for the benefit for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been able has been made well, let it be known to all of you, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, who was crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by the name this man stands here before you in good health. 
He is the stone which the reject was was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them, having been with Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these, these, these great priests, these are highly educated, highly knowledgeable men, but they're also very pious. They're very uh, charismatic, you know, um, and they're, they're putting them basically on trial, you know, trying to put them on blast. And typically these kind of the, the Jewish culture, especially the, the, the um, Pharisees and the, the um, high priests and stuff, they usually tried to do things in a very public form, um, either whether it's praise or worshiping or in this case, putting people on trial or on blast, you know, trying to publicly humiliate them if, if they are, you know, and. Um, it says here that, that you know they're asking these questions and they can tell based on how John and Peter are answering these guys aren't you know high scholars they're not Sadducees they're not doctorates and master's degree level people but they're there speaking with uh, uh, an amazing confidence and understanding of, of what they know and what they've seen um, and it says that they were amazed uh, which just kind of goes to to um, add more value and understanding that like the Holy Spirit wants to use you guys, you know, and He wants to use use John and Peter and and um, when Jesus said, you know, whenever you are uh, fear not for whenever you are before you know government officials or whatever on on in my name, don't worry because I'll give you the words to speak, you know and it took these guys being just constantly in the word, constantly preaching, constantly in prayer and knowing his voice, you know, knowing his plan that they were then able to speak to this. But they were as they were speaking, they were talking about like trying to just again, adding adding more validity because they were speaking to people that were very legalist mindset. You know, they, they very much were, were educated and they they believed in lineage. You know, your bloodline mattered your um, education matters, your um, ability to prove so-and-so is, you know, of this bloodline or from this family or from this lineage. Um, and so therefore they have more credibility in this sense or whatever. And so they're talking about Jesus like, hey, you know, this guy, Jesus, that you guys crucified, like he, he was the dude, you know, he was the guy that, that, um, you guys killed, but he's been raised up by God. And, you know, this guy that you guys are looking at who's been healed, it's by his name that we're doing this because that's what they ask. Um, and so, yeah, back in 13, it says, Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing by them, they had nothing to say in reply. So the reality is, the truth of God gives people no nothing to stand by to accuse you with, basically. So if you're speaking and living out the truths of God, like 
nobody can sit there and truly accuse you of something. They, they might say something, they might try to lie, but like it'll hold no weight. These guys are wise enough to not try to throw out some lies or, you know, they're trying to catch them on, on uh, oh, gotcha, you know, trying to find little, oh, yep, you're blaspheming or you're, you know, you're you're breaking the law or, you know, you, you said something wrong. So, you know, and it's like, no, these guys are just telling what they heard from the Father through the Holy Spirit. And um, it's very explicit here that it, that um, they had nothing to say in reply. Um, so yeah, back in 15, but then when they had ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another saying, what shall we do with these men for the fact that, that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. But so that it will not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no longer to any man in this name. So again, their understanding of God and what he, what God should be doing, or what they believed is religious duty or or religious rightness or righteousness. They're they're leaning on their own understanding in this sense. They're 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 trusting in what they've been trained or what they've believed in tradition and. Jewish legalism, whatever you want to want to call it, but they got lost in the fact that God's been trying to speak to them, and now they're He's speaking, but they don't recognize Him. They don't recognize His voice, um, and so their solution is like, well, we need to tell them to like just stop talking. Like, this isn't good. This isn't right to what we understand as as knowledge, as you know, uh, a way of of life, and. Uh, Then in 18 says, and when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you, to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. When they had th threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which to punish them on account of people. Uh, on the account of the people because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. So they see that God, people are like glorifying God. They're giving him praise and worship. Um, and so to arrest these guys would obviously cause a problem. Like they'd be like, what's, you know, there's something wicked going on here. Um, and so they're like, okay, well, we have nothing to hold them on. So they, they, they let them go. Um, and then uh, Theopolis goes on to talk about um, for they for they had all glorified God for what had happened in reference to the man uh, was more than 40 years old who had been who had the miracle of healing uh, that was performed on him and so basically it was the crippled guy that, that was healed is now with them he's still with them or basically this is the day after because remember they threw him in jail but then the next day everybody came back to see what was going on and uh, he's there, you know, and it's like this guy clearly was probably out in front of that same temple his whole life begging. And again, he's like he's up and walking around now. So like there's 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 no denying it. Like when the power of God comes, like he comes and he heals and like whether or not people want to accept that it was God or just by chance that this guy just healed his legs straightened out and he was able to walk like whatever. Like nobody can deny that he was not able to walk properly and 
had a hard time doing life and now he's able to walk and rejoice and like people are giving credit to God for that and nobody can deny that you know nobody nobody was denying that at all you know um, but yet these guys were were still preaching the word and and bringing the understanding of the fact that the kingdom of heaven was with them and was at hand to everybody in that room they had a chance to meet God um, and then it says when they had been released they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them and when they heard this they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said O Lord it is you who made the heaven and heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David your servant said why did the Gentiles rage and the people devise uh, futile things the kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for truly in this city there were gathered together they were sorry for truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed both Herod Pontius Pilate along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel to do whatever your hand whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur and now Lord take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence while you extended your hand to heal and of your sorry while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus and when they had prayed the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness so obviously they they went into the temple they got basically put up put on blast put on trial get released because there's nothing to hold them on they go back tell the other disciples the other friends um, what had happened and then it says that in, in one accord uh, I can't say this for for hundred percent, but I must. My assumption is that they they were attuned to what the Holy Spirit was doing, and they all knew the words of like what to say and like, you know. Here the fact is like, David prophesied about this years ago, years and years ago. You know, by this time, I think it's like the time of Christ to the time of David. I, I believe is like close to like eight hundred years or more. You know, it's like it's quite a long time distance between. Um, you know, and but they they knew his scriptures. They knew in the Hebrew tradition to read through the old scriptures and 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 the old Psalms. And um, um, we hear here that you know it's like the fact is the earth, the rulers, the um, kings, they will all stand against the Lord. You know, and it's like it's all coming true, and they they're seeing this like, hey, this prophecy is being fulfilled. And then they basically ask, you know, like Father, like. Um, not only did you go do it, but like let us now speak with confidence and let us go and be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can go. And, and it says that the Holy Spirit came and now they're able to speak in boldness. Um, um, let's see. And the congregation of those who believed were one of uh, were of one heart and not one of them claimed to uh, claim that anything belonging to them was his own but all things were common property to them 
and with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and abundant grace was upon them all for there was not a needy person among them for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds to the sales and lay them at the apostles feet and they would be distributed to each as any had need now Joseph a Levite of Cyprian, Cyprian, I guess. Uh, Levite of Cyprian birth, who was called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, and who owned a tract of land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So basically, again, they get put on trial. They go tell their friends. Now they're all praying. They're all coming together as as uh, brothers and sisters in Christ they're praying the Holy Spirit fills them again and gives them the the courage and the necessary strength to go and preach more um, and then it basically starts giving off some names and starts talking about different people but this guy uh, Joseph who's also we know as Barnabas um, which we'll read more about later uh, basically just talks about how they 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 believed so much in in the power and the the kingdom of God that they literally started selling everything and like there was nobody of need like nobody that believed needed because they all loved each other and they cared for each other and they were obedient to the fact that what Christ has called us into and it's very similar to what we should be seeing today but we're we're not and um, it would be really interesting to start seeing the church and all of us come together and like, you know, selling off a lot of our unneeded junk, you know, and it says that most of these guys were so devout that they sold everything and brought it in, you know, but I think we've, we as the church have, have sort of taken this idea as like, oh, well, we're all called to, to a vow of poverty, like, oh, we're all called to go and take everything we have and sell it, and like, if you're not giving it to the church or the needy, then like, we're or bad Christians or whatever. And it's like, no, it's like, you know, if you're called to it and like, if there's something you need to get rid of out of your life and like, give it to the Lord, like, that's great. Go do that. You know, go be obedient to that. But like I said, there's something in the church. It's almost like this religious, like ideology of like, Oh, well, you know, you don't need that vehicle. You don't need this. You don't need that. You need to go sell it. And you know, you should only buy as a Christian, you should only buy used cars. And it's like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like we're getting so like, meta and so like distracted from the reality um but it was very important at this time you know it's like there were people that there was different classes of people in this society and the way they did things and you know there was the lowly people and there was there was the rich people and the powerful people and and the not so influential people and um it's very similar to today but different at the same time where there's not very much of a gap between our what we consider poverty level in the United States to those who are like mid mid class, you know, um, and in this time there was a great need in in many people, and so like literally they were like taking their wealth, their their um, inheritance or their built wealth and giving to each other, and and I think if we started seeing more of that in the church, there would be a lot less struggles and a lot less problems um 
but it's just amazing to see how Peter and John, you know, it was because of their boldness. It was because of their, their willingness to step in and being the men of God, being what God called them to be, that many great things happened because of it. You know, they, they not only saw a miracle happen of them healing someone because they knew that God would do that, but and not only that they saw Jesus do the same thing. You know, wherever Jesus went, there's nowhere in Scripture that it says that Jesus didn't heal someone wherever he went and then he calls us to go and do the same um and i think if if we start to understand and if we start to absorb more and more of who god is not only praying with him and getting to know him and and talking to him but also getting into his word understanding start to see things through the lens of his heart start to see things through the lens of what he has we're gonna we're gonna start to see and feel the same way that he does um which in turn will then give us the words that we need to say or give us the authority that we need in order to um, call things from heaven. You know, I, I literally believe that we are called to be sons of thunder, you know, and called to bring things down literally from heaven in here onto earth, um, not by our power, but because of what Christ did, you know, for us and through us. Um, and so I, I, I truly believe that because these guys were obedient and they were listening and they were waiting for the day of Pentecost, like these guys went in and stepped into that authority quickly and um, not only were able to give the right answers to, that would not only recuse them of any, any uh, wrongdoing, but also um, bring healing, bring many other believers uh, into the fold. Um, and as well as it encouraged the other believers, you know, like it says, that went back to their own companions, the other disciples, the, their other friends, and told them what had happened. And because of that testimony, it edified them. And they were able to all come in to uni unification and unity. And they were all able to head into the same direction in the sense of being able to pray. And they were like, hey, yeah, like, yeah, we know there's many believers that are, are struggling or having needs or problems. And so we're going to go ahead and um, start selling off our, our possessions and uh, especially the ones that we don't need and we're going to we're going to um, we're going to make sure that there's n none among us that are in need and I think that is that is very manly and very like um, a very healthy perspective to have but it requires being in a uh, in a godly mindset you know we've, we've got to be willing to surrender to what the holy spirit is doing and that requires us being in tune with god in tune with what what's happening and um um i i believe that this is probably one of the one of the most powerful first looks at like what was going on i mean we obviously read the first three chapters and it was a lot of interesting things that were happening but because it's it's always what happens after a miracle it's always what happens after god blesses you that matters and these guys stayed vigilant they stayed the course you know they didn't just you know get excited and like hey you know god took this from me or whatever and now i'm just going to go and squander it more it's like no these guys stayed vigilant and because of that they were blessed and many others were blessed because of it as well um, you guys can continue doing this i got to lead a call Okay.
because everyone was supposed to hop on this conference call this morning and I was the only one on it. So now everyone's getting ready to do it. Tyler can't lead it, so I gotta lead it. Cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think this is like one of those, those chapters that, that really gives us, I mean, we're going to start getting into some really cool, interesting things here, um, in Acts, but in Acts five and six, but, um, I think this is, this is definitely, uh, very encouraging to be able to, uh, understand that we don't have to be highly educated. We don't have to be these scholars or like have these a doctorate in theology or whatever to like go and preach the word. You know, these guys went before some of the most prestigious men in the in the Jewish religion and culture, and they were able to to go toe to toe with them and under you know giving them full understanding and and um, not I shouldn't say give them full understanding, but were able to give a confident. <laughs> answer and and suffice answer that would would appease them or give them enough to let them go you know that that um it wasn't just um a bunch of fluff or they weren't you know um uh, what do they call it uh, i don't know they weren't like a carnival act they weren't there to just sort of distract people or to wow people they were like this is this is by what authority that we're, we're speaking. And it perplexed them. It was like, it amazed them, it says explicitly here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a little bit shorter than obviously last week, but I kind of wanted to just focus on this because uh, it gives us, like, the, like I said, that insight of Peter and John they just walked with that authority and they walked with that confidence in the Lord, um, not because of, of their own understanding or because of their own, but because of what God had done, you know, and they, they just knew like, okay, yeah, he's done it. You know, Peter was, was doubting Peter, you know, like he's, he's the one that denied Christ three times, you know, even after, before saying like, no, God, I will never leave you. And it's like, this guy's come back like swinging, you know, he's, he has stepped up into what God has called him to. When Christ was, you know, was resurrected, he came and restored him and said, like, good, go feed my sheep. Um, and so he went and he went and did that. And so, like, I feel like he is such a good example for us. Sometimes we feel like we're, we're failures as, as men, as Christians, as believers. You know, sometimes we doubt God, and that's okay. I think, I think doubting God is completely okay um, for a time. You know, I think we have those moments where we're just like, I don't, I don't know if God really exists or, you know, I don't know if God's going to come through or I don't know if I heard God right. So I'm going to just go do this, you know, and in hopes of, of doing it myself. And, um, sometimes we just, we fall so short. And I think, um, if we start to understand that, you know, God wants you to step into the same authority that Peter and John showed here and, um, the authority that we'll see Saul and Barnabas and like, step into that 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 place of being the leader and being the men of the church you know i think is so desperately needed uh as i mentioned last time you know we we don't have a place that we're free to be men and and to express ourselves but with a godly perspective and understanding that 
you know, God created us the way we, he created us for a reason, in the same way he created women, the way he created women. And we each have our place, we each have our role, and uh, we're not better than women, but, you know, we still have to treat them as a fair sex. And ultimately, especially when it comes to relationships, when it comes to marriage, yes, we are called to be the leaders of the household. And so um, we have to break our own understanding of that. You know, sometimes we come into a weird, whether that's because of past experience, because of what we saw with our parents, or we have this understanding or thought that, you know, oh, women need to serve us and like they need to do this and they're lower than us. And it's like, no, not necessarily. I mean, they don't owe you anything. So like you need to be a man of integrity. You need to be a man of, of, um, of character that, that is worth them submitting themselves, you know, and, and submitting yourself doesn't necessarily mean servitude um, or, or slavery, especially. Um, but it does mean to humble yourself and understand it's like, you know, as we know, like Christ is, is the head of the church and, you know, we're under that and below that is, is our wives and then our children, you know, and it's like, for our time, our children are there, but your wife is there as well. And so if there's an imbalance, obviously we're going to, we're going to see chaos in our life. We're going to see other issues. And so I think us just stepping into that place of like, okay, like God, here's everything that you've called me to, and here's all the things you've promised. So now we got to hold God to accountable to his promises. Cause he's going to, he's, he's, he's faithful. <laughs> he's very faithful. And as a result, we'll see the, the benefits of that as well as if we stick to our own devices, our own thoughts, our own um, mistakes or our own sin, we're going to reap the benefits of that as well. And so if there's something that we're struggling with, let's understand that Peter, you know, he came back and he was better than he ever was before that, you know, um, because could you imagine it's like, you know, he had denied Christ. Not only did Jesus tell him that that was going to happen, when it happened, he like instantly was in just like destruction mode. Like he just felt like complete crap. And um, he, he saw, you know, and heard Jesus die. And it's just like, well, what do I do? You know, like... um Sorry, I just realized that I, I mentioned this probably six days after Christ was crucified, but no, it was because Christ was here for 40 days after he was resurrected. So this is a couple months later. Sorry, just wanted to make that correction. Um, um, but uh, yeah, it's just like it's amazing to, to see how God will restore you. You know, even though you've fallen away or you've walked away, or you've done something, there's nothing. If you've truly accepted Christ and you accept that, like there's nothing that can separate you from his love. And um, we have the opportunity to try to deny Christ or to, to give in to our fleshly desires or the other things. But the reality is God loves you and like he will restore you. And like, so long as you have breath, there's still a chance for you to, to change and repent, you know, and change the way you think about who God is and what your call is. And, and, um, I truly believe that this is a great representation. And sometimes we're going to be faced with, you know, having an answer to, to people that 
or being situations that you wouldn't even expect. Like these guys were literally just going to go to the temple, pray, probably preach a little bit. But as a result, they went in and they ended up healing some dude, something they didn't expect. I don't think they planned on. And as a result, you know, many more people believed, but at the same time, many more people started to ask questions and like, obviously these priests and these legalists like started like, you know, questioning it. And then, um, the next thing you know, you know, they're thrown in jail. <laughs> it's like, sometimes we're going to be in those situations where it's like, we're doing the right thing, but we're getting punished for doing the right thing. But in the end, doing good is always the right thing, you know? And, and I believe that the Holy Spirit will be the great navigator and one of the greatest tools that we could ever use um, here on earth. And um, anyways, hopefully that's encouraging. Hopefully um, that's some, some good thought provoking, you know, uh, stuff. And um, yeah. You have any questions? Is there anything that was maybe stuck out? Maybe you have a good word or... I mean, I feel like, I mean, I feel like you really hit it on the head with, I mean, I never thought about it like that before, you know, how much depth is in this small part of the, the chapter here. And, um, you know, it's going off what you said, it's just really true that, you know, one of the biggest things I think is a good take home is just sometimes God is going to call us into things that, number one, we don't expect and he's going to work always beyond our wildest dream he's going to do way more than what we ever expect him to and God is consistent always in testing our faith which you know you see that here with God does an amazing miracle and right after he tests uh, these guys and he's he's again putting them in a position to where, you know, talking about doubtful Peter, like, will he doubt again? The question, the answer is no, he won't, because he's he's bold in the spirit. He knows without a doubt that God has moved and he's worked here. And it's just, it's really cool to see that God has a way in which he's always going to grow his believers to do more for his kingdom. You know, and he's going to say, hey, you know, you might be in the midst of a blessing, but guess what? There's going to be struggle. And I wish that we could get inside of their brain and see what they were thinking when they were put in prison. Because they're probably like, what the heck? Like, we just did this amazing thing. We're filled with the Spirit. And, you know, what were they really thinking at that time? Like, all right, we're in prison now. This sucks. You know what I mean? And God's like, we don't get to see that that moment. Like, I wish we could be a fly on the wall in that, in that moment to see what they were talking about as they're behind the prison bars. It's like... All right, you know, were they were they doubting God? Like, we just did all this stuff. Why would you do this? You know what I mean? Or were they, hey, he's going to pull through. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, again, it shows God's providence. It shows God consist- his consistency and his goodness that not only does he pull through even when we think he's, he's not going to, but he does even more with that. And I think one of the coolest things about this is they were put in prison for a reason. <clears throat> they were put in prison because God wanted them to be in the face of the most elite, the most intelligent people uh, of the theology at that time. 
because he knew that there were some among them that would believe. And I believe in my heart that God probably used that moment to at least reach out to one of those people of that group that said, you're wrong. And, you know, you see Peter and John, right? Uh, yeah, it was Peter and John. He bought <coughs> Peter and John stand up and say, you can't argue with this. And they're arguing with them and they leave because, you know, they were let go and they weren't charged with anything. And these guys are probably like, there's probably some of them among that group that were like, they're right. You know what I mean? They probably had that aha moment because I'm thinking about the song we sing in church all the time that God will leave the 99 for the one and he will literally go after that one person. And in this moment, I see that. Like there's probably one person in that group that we don't know about that literally was saved because of that circumstance that they were put in. You know, it's just cool to see how much God loves people even if you're standing there as the most closed-minded, I got it all figured out, legalistic viewpoint in the world, God's going to erupt your thought process and say no. Yeah. You know, so. Well, and it's like, you know, Peter could have done the same thing he did before, you know, where, you know, when when Judas sold him out, you know, and they're out in the Mount of Olives and, and Peter pulls out his sword and cuts out a Cut off, cuts the he's guard's a, ear off, you know. Like he's a savage, you know. But like he, he could have fought it again this time. But like, what, what opportunities did he possibly miss if he would have done that? You know, in this situation, you know. Yeah. And it's like, how many people? How, how different would this story be had had he done something like that? You know, you would have just used his own understanding, his own fear, his own whatever to to. Uh, to react but instead he knew that the Holy Spirit you know was there and that God was speaking through him and um, you know they're, they're they basically spent the night you know and I don't know I mean I, I'm assuming that these guys were, were literally living by the Spirit that they just knew like okay this is part of the plan like they knew what was happening you know yeah. and um, I think it's just it's one of those things that I think that we as men need to start stepping into that authority and understanding the plan. Not just knowing like, oh yeah, that's God or oh wow, like an angel of the Lord showed up and like went and did this like on our behalf. Like that's cool. I mean that's great to go see that and to be aware of that kind of stuff. But like what if like we <coughs> knew why that was happening and like what was you know, what's the plan after that? You know, it's yeah. not like, oh God just came down just to kind of show you something cool, which no doubt he does that and like that's awesome. But there's sometimes he's doing things and we're just totally oblivious as to why and we never try to find out why and so it's like that's where I think we understanding of like what it means to not only be a follower of Christ but also be a man of God like I think we have the opportunity to become a source point for our culture especially that that belittles men you know whether it's 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 false feminism or um you know, uh, uh, TV or or over sexualizing everything and trying to task, entice our natural physical and, and visual desires, or um, it's the the macho crap that the that we you know try to force on each other sometimes as men, and it's like you know sometimes that gets in the way of, of understanding that like we have an opportunity to instead like love on people and like step into a situation and have the answers, have the resolution for people. You know, like these guys walked in, this guy was just asking for 
pity, basically. He's like, hey, can you give me some money so I can, like, eat this week? And they're like, no, but we'll give you legs. How about that? You know, like, that, they, they had the answer. You know, they didn't know that they were going to have the answer or they didn't know that that was going to happen, but they had the answer. You know, they had the solution. And I believe that's truly what God has called us to do is to, to, to bring heaven on earth um, to make disciples of all nations. And so these guys did that. They brought heaven. You know, they brought healing. They brought answers, they brought wisdom, and they brought the authority of heaven with them. And, and as a result, we see that God paid the way the entire time. You know, it says that another 5,000 came to, to believe um, that the they basically had no charges on them. You know, like um, they stayed strong and stayed tall, stood tall. And then as a result, they were able to take their experience to use that as an opportunity to, to, to edify and build each other up and tell the others about what had happened. They all gave praise. They all became unified. And, you know, as a result, they started to sell off their possessions to love on each other and, and uh, build each other up. So, anyways, it's kind of what I had. And, um, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I'll go ahead and like close it out, and then uh, yeah, we'll move on. Cool. Father, uh, just want to thank you for uh, your word, and thank you for not using our understanding or our hopes that that just don't meet the mark to always. Uh, bring peace or blessing to us Lord but instead you've you've come in a way that that we can't comprehend you've used a love that we can't comprehend that we can't it surpasses all knowledge Lord and and we thank you for that we thank you for um, coming from a place of humility and servitude to love on people and to build them up and to recognize that we as men are called to be leaders or to uh, be masters and to have a bunch of slaves or minions under us but instead we're called to go and be in a low place because that's what you did you went and you went to the low places and you served people uh, so that you could show them the compassion and the love that you have and the fact that we're called to to, to go from those low places and build people up together that um, as we lift you up Lord you lift us up and and uh, then you've called us to go and lift others up, Lord, to go from a low place. And you can't lift people up while you're above them, but instead we're, we're called to go and lift them up and put them over our heads uh, to bless them and to, to give them to you and to, to give those situations to you and declare your kingdom, Lord. And so help us to do like you did and help us to fulfill the Great Commission. And um, Lord, if you want this uh, Bible study to, to grow, Lord, great. If you want us to go start meeting other places or go do other things as, as the group of men that we are or uh, whatever it is, Lord, that you have for us, just ask that you will speak to us in our quiet times and as well as speak it to us in our, our times of gathering and, and uh, as we edify each other and build each other up. And um, Father, I just thank you for... Uh, 
speaking to us and giving us the um, space and the the room to make mistakes and to not be perfect, but instead we're able to go in and just do, Lord. We're able to go in, and, uh, be with you, and be in your word and learn more about what you're doing and um, help us to uh, not only hear these words and believe it and be excited by it, but actually go do something about it. Go change the way we do life and, and uh, to become effective instruments uh, of your word and, and help us to set an example for a world that is broken. Um, help us to speak into both men and women uh, out there that don't know you or maybe they know you but are just struggling, Lord, and, and they need some real answers. They need some, some God-given answers. And Lord, uh, help us to live in the Spirit in such a way that uh, we have godly wisdom, Lord, that we have information that we can pass on to people or we can speak into people's lives that we didn't have before that moment. But it's because of our obedience that we are able to go and see you work through us and um, help us to, to understand that we have our call, our, our responsibility to go in and step into that which you've called us to. It's not just us believing. It's not just us saying things, but we're actually called to go and do, to be men, to be creators and to speak life into to others um, and to bring your kingdom wherever we go, Lord. And uh, Father, I just ask that you help us to recognize more and more of your kingdom and help us to, to love on people and to not get frustrated. And, um, instead of taking a moment or, or, or using um, distractions of the world or our minds or the enemy, Lord, uh, that instead we're able to recognize that you are there with us, even in our struggles. You're there even in the hard times and the unexpected things, Lord, that come up and um, that we're not alone. And uh, Father, I just thank you for that. I thank you for your faithfulness and thank you for, for creating us in such a way and in your image, in your likeness, Lord, and uh, help us to step into that, into more and more of your likeness uh, so that then we can uh, be effective instruments, uh, an effective representation of who you are and what you're like. And, and uh, Father, help us uh, as we go in our lives, as we have stress and have... Um, our own issues, Lord, and sometimes there's things that we're worried about, but they're just such small problems, Lord. And uh, Father, help us to to draw closer to you and recognize that those problems aren't worth worrying about or stressing about, and that uh, we can take hope and peace in in what you're doing. And then, uh, Lord, as we step into uh, our day to day lives of work and and, and providing a living, Lord, that. Um, I, Lord, I just ask you that, that, that you bless that and bless us and bless those around us that we influence as well so that then we can uh, become more effective, that we're not so tied down to worldly things or worries or paying the bills or whatever it is that might be cropping up, Lord, but instead we are able to focus more on what you're doing and 
how you're doing it and, and how we can have a relationship with you. And at any given time, any time of the day, we're able to just speak to you so freely and enter into the throne room. Father, I just ask for forgiveness of our sins, Lord. And um, if there's any quarrels among us, that if there's any problems that we have with someone, Lord, just uh, convict us or give us the the words necessary and, and the heart necessary to uh, uh, let go of that pain or that frustration or whatever it is, Lord, and go make that those that situation right with those people, those individuals. And um, yeah, Father, just ask that you continue to bless our, our time together as we uh, um, speak into each other's lives now and, and uh, open up and get to know each other and just Again, Lord, as we meet wherever it is that we end up meeting, just declare it as a, a safe environment that the uh, works of the devil are, are not welcome, that I declare that right now in Jesus' name, that anything that's um, not from heaven or um, influenced by the enemy, that it is destroyed, that it is not welcome, that it, it, it will not last in that place even if we end up walking into that place if it's a Starbucks whatever it doesn't matter if it was there it has to leave in that moment and um, Lord as we uh, open up to each other as we're as we're very real with each other and recognize that um, we have an opportunity to and actually a responsibility to speak into each other's lives and, and deal with some hard issues and um that we have to be men enough to, to step into that place of being able to just speak so freely. And so, uh, Father, I just, um, I thank you for uh, um, this opportunity and just pray that uh, as we meet again, we get into Acts 5 and, and beyond, that uh, you continue to speak through us and um, keep inspiring us, Lord. And uh, we can't thank you enough for all that you do and, and all that you've done and how big you are and uh, how wonderful and, and amazing the things that you have for us is, Lord, and uh, help us to continue to gain understanding more and more of who you are and uh, to lean on you and not so much ourselves. And so, Father, we thank you and we love you in your name. Amen. Yeah. Awesome, man.